0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Roast West Coast podcast. We're already in week 5 of our Coffee Smarter series with Chris O'Brien, founder, proprietor, and all-around coffee connoisseur from Coffee Cycle in Pacific Beach, San Diego. He's here to continue educating me on the ins and outs of coffee by explaining coffee processing, specifically what happens to the coffee bean at the farm before it gets transported to our local roasters who turn it into a roasted bean ready to be transformed into your favorite coffee drink. Be sure to subscribe to the Roast West Coast newsletter with your email at roastwestcoast.com. Which gives you show updates, recaps, and a lot more coffee content. You'll find more information there about coffee processing, along with links to Coffee Cycle and plenty more. Before we get into the show, I just want to remind you that you can get your first bag of coffee free from Libra Coffee when you sign up for a subscription using the promo code 1WILDLIFE at LibraCoffee.com. That's one word, all spelled out in lowercase, at LibraCoffee.com. Subscribing gets you coffee beans on your schedule and provides clean water for those in need. You can find details in the show notes. And now, it's time to get coffee smarter, and for another cup of coffee. Mr. Chris O'Brien, welcome back to the Roast West Coast podcast. Thanks for being here again to help us get coffee smarter. Great to be here. I always appreciate it. I'm actually looking at your menu right now online And I see a bunch of words on there about the different coffees that you guys serve. Like if I were just to order a black cup of coffee, I might order something by their location of origin, like Ethiopia or Kenya or Costa Rica. Yep. But then there's always this kind of extra thing with it usually, like Ethiopia natural or Ethiopia washed. What's the difference and what is that even referring to?
1: You know, this is one of my favorite questions. And I know I tell you that almost every week, (laughs) but I actually really do love it and one of the reasons we set up our menu the way we do is to encourage people to ask that and talk about this. So I remember working at a couple, uh, couple coffee shops ago, many coffee shops ago, a couple different shops would try to teach me what the answer to this question was. And it never really stuck with me until I really started thinking about the fact that coffee is a fruit. So coffee is a fruit. It's two beans inside a cherry. Again, we talked about that in a previous episode. But that really, really matters. (laughs) You know, it's not just this black liquid that we drink. It starts as a fruit. So people most often see the word natural on a cup of Ethiopia coffee or a bag of Ethiopia coffee. And sometimes there'll be another bag of Ethiopia coffee right next to it that doesn't say anything or that says washed on it. And so that question of what is the difference between these two Ethiopias? What is the difference between washed and natural? Well, at some point, Coffee farmers or people that work with coffee farmers have to get the seeds, the beans, out of the coffee cherry. And then they ship them over here to the United States or to wherever where they get roasted and then we grind them and then we brew them into this delicious cup that we drink. But to get those beans out of that cherry, well, it's actually not super simple. Cherry skin is kind of a little bit tough. Uh, there's all this fruit in there. There's a couple different layers inside the cherry. So how do we get these beans out of the cherry? That is what we're talking about when we talk about natural versus washed.
0: It's the processing that the farm is doing to send a product over to to a roaster that they can actually produce.
1: Exactly. And being in the coffee business, we always say, oh, natural versus washed is the processing. But processing literally means how do we get the bean out of the cherry? Most places in the world, if you're going down to Colombia, if you're in Guatemala, if you're, you know, in Kenya, they're going to soak the cherries in a big pool of water. They're going to fill up this big bucket full of water and dump all their coffee cherries in, and they leave them soaking there for a whole day. And then at the end of the day, they let all the water out. The cherries are all soft and sort of fall off the beans, and they can then put it on a conveyor belty type device that helps them sort the beans from these soaking wet, soggy cherry pieces. Okay, so that's wash processing. It's the most common way to produce coffee in the world is to wash the cherry off the bean. Mm -hmm. But coffee comes from Ethiopia originally. And Ethiopia in Africa has a lot of dry desert type climate to it. So it's pretty hard to come upon a swimming pool full of water, you know, for some of these coffee producers. Back when they first started producing coffee and drinking coffee, they didn't even have the idea to do this whole pool of water thing. And so they would set the cherries out in the sun to dry and become little raisins. And then they could easily peel open the cherry and pull out the beans, and then they can ship them and roast them. Sure. So nowadays... That's actually a little bit more labor intensive. It takes some more time. There's some things that can go wrong. You know, the the cherries can rot badly. But the two most common processing methods we see, and again, by processing, we're talking about how to remove the bean from the coffee cherry. The two most common processing methods we see are washed, where we wash the cherry off the bean and then dry the beans, or natural, where we dry the beans and the cherry together, creating these little raisins, and then we peel them open and pull the beans out.
0: This might be a dumb question, but can we just like pick a, cher- uh, a coffee cherry off a tree and eat it?
1: Absolutely. And most of the coffee pickers that work the fields, um, that work in between these big, giant coffee bushes, when they need a snack, when they're feeling a little little snackish, they'll pull a cherry right off the branch and eat it and spit those seeds out. And I've eaten a fair number of coffee cherries, and they're actually pretty tasty. They taste sort of like lychee or cherry, of course, or maybe like grape. There's somewhere in between there. They're, they're a, sort of a lighter fruit, a little bit tart, a little bit sweet. Uh, they taste better than you'd expect. They're not
0: bitter. Maybe that's like we should go into business. We can take we can take coffee beans, dip them in chocolate, then shove them back into these shupped cherries, <laughs> and then dip them in chocolate again. That just sounds delicious to me.
1: I think maybe we should save those type of business ideas for times when we're not on a podcast together.
0: That's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of do forget about it sometimes when we're talking. So one more thing
1: on coffee processing is that there is sort of a middle ground. Because there are so many layers to this coffee cherry, you have the skin, you have the fruit, and then you have this one last layer around the beans called the mucilage is like the stickier layer that's kind of whitish. There's also semi-washed processing out there where they remove the skin and some of the fruit with a machine, and then they dry it in part of the cherry, but not all of it. And that sort of gets sort of this middle ground effect, and different parts of the world do it a little differently. So it's very common in Brazil. They call it pulped natural down there. In Sumatra, uh, an island in Indonesia, they do it a little bit differently than that, and they call that one wet hulled and then in central america it's really popular to use a specific machine to do it and that machine can sometimes be calibrated to remove different amounts of the cherry so they call that honey processing Hmm. and sometimes they do more or less honey left on the cherry and by by honey we mean that last mucilage layer that that sweet white sticky layer that's left inside the fruit
0: that's really interesting i know um uh, I spoke to Manzanita Roasting Company, and if you go on the Manzanita website, they have very detailed descriptions of the coffee beans that they sell. As much information as they can find. So, if you're out there and you're trying to learn more about coffees or see what some of this information is, they will tell you on their site like what the processing was, where it came from, you know, the altitude it was grown at, the type of dirt that the the the, the coffee plant was in you know, as much as you can imagine. And some of that relates to this type of processing. So you can find out uh, very quickly more details on the coffee you're drinking.
1: That's so awesome they do that because all of that really has an effect on the coffee's taste ultimately.
0: Well, Chris, thank you for joining me again on uh, getting coffee smarter with Roast West Coast. I appreciate you being here, sir.
1: Oh, it's a real pleasure as always. And I can't wait for next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Roast West Coast podcast and getting coffee smarter with me today. Chris will come back next week for a special two-topic episode in which we explore the differences between light, medium, and dark roasts. We're also going to cover coffee freshness. Should you store your beans in the freezer? Should you keep them in a special light blocking container? I don't know. But we're going to find out. If you're craving some coffee right now, go to coffee-cycle.com to learn more about Chris's shop and to order some coffee. Or follow at coffee-cycle on Instagram. It's been great having you join me for the past few months, and I'm glad you're going to stick it out to meet the coffee roasters in North County, San Diego. Next week, we're talking to Brianna Briggs, the director of coffee and the head roaster at Leap Coffee in Carlsbad, California. We chat about the representation of women in coffee and how she ended up in the coffee business to begin with. Look for that show show wherever you're listening to great podcasts including apple spotify TuneIn radio youtube and basically everywhere you can listen to a great podcast all you got to do is search for roast west coast we're halfway through season one and interviews with great local founders and roasters like steve rail from zoom Bar coffee and tea matt de La rosa from ironsmith coffee and siri simran from lofty coffee are already out go back and listen to them You're listening to this show, so I know you can find them, and I know you already are excited about coffee. Thank you for listening to this show, and if you can, please take a moment to write a review. It really helps us get found by new listeners. This episode of the Roast West Coast podcast has been produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the bonus content at roastwestcoast.com, and as always, be sure to drink good coffee.